Tom Turbovich! Get ready for a Tommy Turbo Masterclass. Masterclass. Aimless Tuesday is here. And the boys are hard as a rock. Don't be a weak-gutted dog. Leave that for Jamin Salmon. Get, Get ready, ready for, for the, the best, best super coach, coach show on the, the planet. planet. It's so good, it's better than Lego. You're now listening to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Brandon Savage. Brandon Savage. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Savage, the coach of Still Yet to Be Decided. I'm joined here by the 2021 champion once again, Timmy Moody. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Pretty uh, excited. I haven't pulled out the old uh, microphone or laptop uh, since late last year or somewhere. I don't know when the last time we had to do this. This is fun. Yeah, this has been a while since we've done this. I think all last year we are pretty much in person, which is... Um, a big reason why we leveled up or it feels like we kind of leveled up last year. But um, I think for this case, it brought it. On Tuesday, we were going to record... Sorry, I'm all over the place at the moment. Um, We're going to record the questions podcast on Tuesday, but just both of us were just rushing for time. So um, we thought we'd come back on here after everyone else has listened to the podcast, and then just answer questions. So everyone's had a chance to listen to the Front Row podcast. And now we can kind of get people's thoughts on what they thought. Uh, A lot of these questions are from last week, so I will read them out. But firstly, has your side changed at all? Uh, No, I don't think so. I've got my my forwards to set, like, uh, you know, hook it down to second row. So but they're not set, but I've actually got a player in every position. Uh, I feel okay about it. Looks all right. Looks good. All right, so we're going to yep. get up heaps of questions here. I'm trying to post this on socials so people can see that we're live, but um, maybe you, or maybe I'll find that somewhere while you're answering a question. But the first question we have here... Mm. And we're all over They're the place. The um, so, Koopy Loopy on Instagram, do we jump on Flegler? So, what were your thoughts on Flegler when we spoke about him? You were going Toby Rudolph over Flegler on Tuesday. Uh, have your thoughts changed or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, massively swayed to Flegler. Um, going to a different club, hopefully has a um, bigger role after that, you know, chat we had about him being behind uh, Payne Hass and Carrigan in the pecking order for taking hit-ups. Usually they'd take the first two, so maybe he'll be on the front foot taking one of the first two hit-ups. Um, hopefully his minutes go up. I like it. I think at the price it's, it's just, yeah, a, a great second or even, yeah, at least at least your second best prop. But you could probably even, depending on your strategy, you could probably even start with him as your, your top guy. And I think he might deliver more than his, like, value, obviously, so the it look, might look weak at 470 or something, but might soon be a 550, uh, 600k guy. It really feels like a slam dunk, doesn't it? Like, I think with mm. Tom Flegler, he, he, there's, it feels like it can't go wrong. And I think there's even a case that he could be your first front rower and your main front row, which, I mean, it's an interesting topic, especially with all these mid ranges that we kind of brought to light. Um, 
Yeah, like like, what are your thoughts on at the moment since Tuesday? Have you gone back to Haas? Haas was your first pick in the preseason, but we kind of talked you out of it on Tuesday. Have your thoughts changed since then? Well, no, I'm just sort of going to slowly build my team to a point where it's full. I've just got to fill a couple of centres, centre wing positions, and I've got actually plenty of money to do that. I've got 800K, and I've only got to fill two centre wing positions. So I can probably improve on a couple of these other positions and tweak things that, um, and improve on that. But at the moment, I think that might be the way I want to go. But then if I do have that extra money, maybe I can afford Payne House with the, the way I've still got my set up. I could swap him out for... Um, you know, maybe someone like uh, Selle or something that I've got there, or even I've got Cotter there at the moment. I'm kind of liking the idea of Cotter, hoping he could, yeah, be a decent starter for me. It's funny. I, I could part with them. There's a lot of options. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, sorry to cut you off again. I'm not really overly confident on Cotter. I kind of like what you've talked me into on Selle, but I don't still think that's, like, going to, you know, really be the, a factor in the winning super coach side by the end of the year. I just think it's a thing you can do. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? I think with the um with the front row forwards, there's so many different avenues you can do. And I think there's only like probably ten to twenty points at most in between the worst and best options in in those kind of price ranges that we're looking at. So um yeah, it just depends how how it works out. Um I don't think it's gonna have been fit I have had sort of like those thoughts of like, oh, I told myself I want to start with Payne Hatch for that reason to get that extra sort of like at least 15 points that I'm pretty confident he can get those 80s to start off. I don't know. Look, I, I think it could be a bit of a silly thing to pass with him, but I think if you've got another enough good things going on elsewhere, it doesn't matter. And especially if we are going to have that strong third and fourth options. When I say strong, medium sort of guys rather than the bottom-ranking sort of second-row options. Uh, top front-row options, I should say, sorry. Yeah, it really depends how you utilise the cash that you're saving if you do this. Yes, way. at the moment, I've got um, Cotter, Sele, Flegler and Hughes there. So I feel like I can, you know, probably start Flegler and Cotter, feeling pretty good about that. And then Sele's there as a backup when I need him. When Flegler's on the buy, I think, in the third Round that we've identified was it the yeah, third or second? Yeah. Maybe I think it was the third. Actually, actually, yeah, so that I feel I'm pretty good about that. I actually love that type of setup because you're not really going. You're not going the 400, 400, 400 type route. You've got a main guy, you've got a second guy, and you've got a more than handy, capable backup as well. So I, I, lo- I love that. We've got live questions on YouTube at the moment, so we are live on YouTube for the first time in a long time. Uh, Duncan D's nuts. On YouTube, is Cotter a trap, or do you think he could start with good minutes? So you just said you've got Cotter in your side. I can't see him being a trap. Um, I think he'll at least keep his value. He's not going to lose any money. You might be wanting more out of him. You might want seventies and sixty-five, so at least have him. You might only put up fifty-five or something like that. But you know, at least that's what he's sort of valued at. But I, I think he can get those. I think the, I've got a good feeling that the Cowboys will want to start well, as we sort of discussed on the potty last couple of days ago or whatever. So, yeah, I, don't, I think it's a good option. I don't think it's a, a definite, like, the, one of the best things to do. I just think it at the price, it's a good thing compared to some of the other options around that price. I agree. Just, I like the little, the, the little body. It just 
Come on, mate. Stop talking when I've got a question up. Yeah, go on. Uh, No, it's all right. Um, My internet might be a bit slow just because I'm in Orange at the moment and I'm in this bloody, um, I'm in this Airbnb or Airbnb hotel motel. And look what's on the screen right here on the TV. Look what what I'm watching. Best show in the world. <laughs> I'm watching our own podcast to make sure it looks all right. <laughs> it's on a bit of a delay. Um, so the second question here is: Do we reckon pain after round three with a hard three? Do we jump on pain after a round three with a hard three matchups first? That's Rackers ninety two on Instagram. I think he probably goes better in the harder matches anyway. So, I think so too. you know they want to rely on him. To get them the win in those you know gritty moments in the back end, he starts doing creative stuff, taking more runs. Yes, yeah, so I think that if you want to have him early, start with him. We have a live question here. Um, there, there will be a lot of questions that I try not to spend too long on. But Sean Kepi, any thoughts by Darren Berridge, live on YouTube? We did miss a couple of players the other day, but I feel like we went through enough players, but there are players people are still talking about that we may have missed. Sean Kepi, I think he was a very similar option last year, and he's based on a price that uh, he had a good role at Manly, and he's coming into this side with the role can't get much better, so we're really relying on him growing another leg, which someone like Sean Kepi, I don't have much faith doing. I don't see him being overly playable in your side. I think he'd be sort of a, you'd be annoyed having him run out for your side each week in your 17 if you did play him. Not going to probably make much cash. And if you, you know, you could probably save a bit of money going down to someone else a bit cheaper that might do a similar job, I think. He's three. So, yeah, I don't. I don't like that. He's three eighty five too. So I think there's a lot, lot better options like Keenan Palacio. We talked about the other day. Um, Sale. There's um. Even Terrell May, we'll, we'll touch on Terrell May if we get a question on him. I think we do. Um, and it's right now, Josiah Alchin on Instagram. Would Terrell May be a good, good option? So you gave me some homework to do last night, which was listen to the Bloke in a Bar podcast with Terrell May this morning. I was doing it anyway because I was driving up to Orange for work. And... To see if we got any hints on what we think his role is going to be this year. And I listened to the podcast and surprise, surprise, no hints. Um, I think what I got out of it is he's working towards something and he's a fit front rower. So he will demand big minutes when when he's kind of more of a dominant leader in that pack. And I think this year we'll see more similar to what he did at the back end of last year, but with Spencer Linu coming into the side, I think it's still a bit unknown. Yeah, I, I think that at his price, it's not too shabby, especially how you identified in the back end of the year, he was getting a lot more minutes sort of consistently for a block there. I don't know whether that was due to some injuries or something, so maybe that might be something we need to consider. Maybe those minutes might not be there for him, but if he can get, you know, 45, 50 minutes or something, I, I think it's a really good option. I think at least 40 minutes. Uh, at, earlier in the year, he wasn't getting as many minutes um, at the Roosters, but towards the end of the year, obviously, he averaged 55 and he, he was killing it. Let me just get up what minutes he played in the semifinals because they had it all hands on deck there. Um, so and we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get up the next question, though. 
on Instagram, Braden Barnes, is it a bad idea to buy more guns towards over gun backs? So forwards, more gun forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. T- towards instead of forwards. Um, I actually think it's not a bad option because the backs are kind of someone you jump on draws, whereas the forwards are kind of their average is pretty much what they're going to get you every week. Especially when you say backs, I think like if you're referring to centre wingers, they're the guys that are going to generate more money, especially, you know, because they're playing 80 minutes. You know, it's very unlikely they're going to be getting lower minutes. So I think it's, yeah, spending a bit more on guys in the forwards that you know are going to have not shocking minutes that are going to hurt you might be a smarter way to set it up. But I think you still need to have, like, some guns in your half, five, eight, and full back to kick off the year. All right, so Terrell May. One at least. Terrell May, 56 minutes in the latest semifinal that they had. Um, Brandon Smith played. Fletcher Baker played 23. Josh Wong. I saw Wong played 49 minutes, so maybe there was an injury there. Um, So I guess that's good to know. Uh, Maybe I'll go back to finals week one because that's when – uh, Sewell Wong came on and scored that try at the end of the game, so he played 80 minutes. So I think f- at least one of these final games is going to give us a good indication because all hands were on deck there. Uh, we'll go to the Roosters. Terrell May, 54 minutes in that first semi-final game. So th- that's... Yeah, that's, I think it's a good thing. That's a very good sign. I think I'm... I think I like him a bit more than Sele a little bit at the moment. I think... Uh, that's one of the things I'm looking at swap him or Sele. They're both pretty much the same price. So. Yeah. Oh, I definitely like Terrell May over Sele. I think Sele's the kind of guy who I think potentially maxes out at about 550 at most, whereas Terrell May has the potential to get up to six towards 600. I guess, actually, Harm Sele, even saying 550 is a bit of a stretch. 500, I'd be stoked, and that's only an 80K kind of price rise. So someone like Terrell The May. good thing about him, sorry to cut you off, I just no, thought I'd forget right. the thought, is just, you know, him and he, you know, the, the thing that was sort of identified in that um, bloke in a bar interview with uh, Denny Kemp was that, you know, he wants to play with his brothers. So, and it seemed like he's off contract from the thought, from discussion. He saying he'll go to whatever club wants to sign his brothers. So if he is, he's playing for, you know, to earn his stripes and make him, you know, have some worth. So I think it could be a good year for him. Yeah, I think that's a really – that's really interesting. I've never heard a player come out and say, you can sign us if, if, if you've got the money. Like, I've never seen anyone do that while they're still contracted to a club. So very interesting to see there. Um, we've got Mr. Miyagi-san. Am I saying that right? Mr. Miyagi-san, yeah. Yeah, sweet. I think so. Who who are your top three from a purely cash-generating perspective? For props? Yep. Obviously. Maybe maybe the Sam Hughes guy would be if he... For cash generation, though? Yeah, he's 200-and-something K. If you go up to, like, 400-and-something, and then you're going to turn him into someone, you know what I mean? So, for that point of view... um, then, then I, I can't really think of anyone who's going to be be someone who's probably really priced where they shouldn't be. Uh, I don't want to say I, a, I don't think we've I, identified anyone. I don't want to say a top three, but I think Flegler, 
Flegler, Hughes, Sele, Palacia and Terrell May are all uh, probably my top five. Just in cash, yeah, but generation. even from a cash generation, yeah, but all, all these um, all these guys where Terrell May's probably uh, May's probably only going to make the same amount that Hughes will, probably about one hundred and fifty k each, I'd imagine. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Just so, purely from purely purely from cash generation. If you think that he's going to make one hundred and fifty k like Sam Hughes, then that means Terrell May is an equal option than Sam Hughes is. If that makes sense, not not if it comes to affordability, because you might only be able to afford one of them. So there's, you got to yeah. factor that into. Yeah, but purely from a cash generation, um, and, and you're just filling your side with middies, then they're the guys, in my opinion. Because as we talked about on Tuesday, I think Flegler's still underpriced considering. Uh, Jack Dean on Facebook, is it worth taking the L on the front row where there's only a small handful of high scorers and just get the blokes with the okay averages and spend big on fullback and halfback? I think that's what I'm planning, mid-tier forwards and big scorers for key positions. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think, it, yeah. But my issue is I'm looking at all this cash I have after selling Payne Haas and I, I haven't sold him yet, but I just know if I sell him, I'm going to have 300K sitting there. I don't know what I'm going to spend it on because early in the season, I'm not too keen on these high upside guys because I feel like the the good draws, are they're not as juicy early on in the season as they are later on in the season. And... Yeah, they could score a bit better than they would have if they versed a side like Penrith, but I'm still a bit standoffish in going in spending a lot of cash on someone who could potentially lose money when it, it's a time where it's really crucial to make money this time of year. But I also think you've got to have like one or two spots in your side that you're willing to sacrifice early to get that guy that's gone off in the first two weeks. Yeah, sorry, man. So, like, if you go Valentine Holmes and uh, – Valentine Holmes is different because you know he's going to come good. But say you go, like, a Ronaldo Militalo and you're expecting him to go, like, 100-100 in the first two weeks and he, he goes 20-20. Mm. I, I think someone like him you can't hold on to because he's someone who loses money quickly but then gains it back quite quickly. And early on in the season, you don't want to lose all that money straight away because you want to be investing it elsewhere. So with someone like him, you could sell him after round two and then uh, downgrade to someone who's actually going to make cash. So, um, so you don't like what you see, bugger him off so you don't – and if you know you're going to lose the cash, just get rid of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, Where, yeah. Whereas I actually think – like I'm coming around to keeping Payne Harsh mainly because he's – I reckon he's the only person in Supercoach who – I think we know we're getting the value for him. And if anything, we're, we're paying unders for him because it, historically he's average 80 in the first six weeks every year. I looked back on it after our podcast and I looked back at 2019, 2020, 2021. He's average 80 in that first six weeks and we're only paying for a 73.5 for him, which, which is crazy. Uh, he is someone who is pretty much guaranteed to hold his value, whereas most of these other guys, um, not so much. Like especially in the in the backs. You know, I've just brought him into my side now, and I've still got to fill 
two centre wing spots, and I've got 363k. Where have you got so that cash from? Get rid of, so if I, sorry? Where have you got that cash from? I don't know. Well, I just haven't filled my side yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've still got 300 and something, 60k to fill these two spots. I could downgrade like um, Tom Malolo, who I've got in second row, who I'm not 100% on, but have a little good gut feel on at three, 430k. Um, but I could downgrade him to like a bottom dollar fellow, the 250 ish or something that's even a 200k guy. And then I'd, I'd have 500k to, across two center wing positions that I might side set. And I've got Payne Hass on my side. So, and I'm happy with a lot of everything else. I have got Wade Egan in my um, <sighs> hooker just temporarily. Yeah, I know. I just, I early tries last year. I might probably, I, I want to start with Grant. I said that yeah. on the last pod, but. Yeah, I've just got him there at the moment just to see how I feel about it. Uh, we've gone over the hookers and the front row. This is just a question up off the top. Who who would you prefer? So Harry Grant's the number one in prop. Payne Haas is the number one. Sorry, Harry Grant's the number one in hooker. Payne Haas is the number one in prop. Which one are you prioritising? They're exactly the same price. Personally, I think it's Payne Haas. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think he can get... Not just lucky with some of the other guys, but sometimes, you know, Grant can – his um, average will go well, but he can have, like, a high one, low one, high one, mediocre one, you know, So, but that'll end up being better in the end. But I feel like, yeah, if you get the guy that just starts well, it's good. I don't mind what you're doing with Robson either. I think that's pretty safe points. I'm very happy with Robson. I'm pretty confident. Not heaps of upside, maybe? Yeah, but. yeah it gets 80 minutes, but he, he – could, I could rely on 55 to 60, hopefully, early on in the season. And that's, that's all I need until until Harry Grant has that buy. And then I could reassess after Harry Grant comes back. Um, Duncan D's Nuts on YouTube once again. If Tom Hazleton gets bench spot, could it be worth going him as a third over Baker, Palacina, and Linu? Personally, Tom Hazleton is last on that list just because of their middle rotation and their lack of bench utility now with Connor Tracy gone. I think he's very, very Potterish compared to those yeah. other players too. And, and he his scores were inflated last year from a lot of line breaks, uh, attacking stats. Um, maybe that's his game, but as a bench forward, you don't want to be relying on them to to make money. Um, we've got here another question from Facebook: Daniel Wells thoughts on West Tigers making the top eight. Not a front row question, but. Um, Nah, ninth at best, huh? That's their thing, so... I I don't think they're going to make the top eight. I think they're going to fight, but... You know, it's funny. I said um, St. George, uh, I really expect them... They're going to fight this year. Um, But then I heard someone ask a question the other day. Who do you think is going to get the spoon? And I'm thinking about who gets the spoon. And I honestly can't pick it this year. Uh, I reckon it's going to be such a close competition this year. Like... You think of sides like the Dolphins. I don't think they they get they've improved this year. They're, there's no way they get the spoon. Teams like the Ooh. Titans they've improved with Des Hasler as a coach. I think St George haven't improved, but they've got this new coach. I saw an interview with Corey Allen this morning, and they're looking really red hot. Um, but they're rock- I'll have Tigers. I'll take the Tigers for the first spoon. I think you reckon? Just when I weigh yeah, when I weigh up the rest of them, I think the rest of them got a little bit more to offer. I think St. George's only worry is if they fall off, their roster is probably not deep 
deep enough to to cover for yep. in, injuries. Uh, Matthew Gibson on Facebook, front row forward is generally boring and purely comes down to minutes with player movements taken into consideration. What clubs have openings in 2024 for increased minutes for someone to step up from a low-minute bench role to a big-minute starter? So, Well, that was that Keenan Palace you identified. I think he's probably possible, well, but um, might not be a starter. Mainly because, like, coming into the Titans, it, there's obviously not just a massive – there's not a massive hole there for him to step into. Like, he's going to have to work for it, but we identified that at the start of the season, he was only averaging, like, 15 minutes in the first 10 games. So the fact that he come on and he proved that when he had the minutes, he could still do the job, all we need from Palacea is for him to get the minutes and – the minutes are on offer at the Titans, but it's not a slam dunk. Unlike someone like Sele, who there's a spot there for him to have the minutes. We did... Um, I had some people message me about Tavita Totola. Uh, and it's, Mikey's got Tavita Totola in his side at the moment as well. Tavita Totola is 435000 And obviously, a lot of people are looking for um, people of this price. With Harms, mm. with Harm Sally gone, t- Tom Burgess and Totola are the starting set, uh, front rowers. They've got Cameron Murray there in the lock area. They do have Sean Cappy coming over, but this is their forward pack, Totola and Burgess. And Totola, when he's playing well, is an elite front row forward for the Rabbitohs. Um, in 2022, he averaged 50.9. In 2021, 43.8. And last year, forty-two point seven. So underpriced yeah, because it, of last year. So I'm, I actually thought he averaged a lot more in twenty twenty-two. He missed a lot of games last year, didn't he? Yes, <coughs> he played fifteen games, and he played he played a one-minute game round one. He played a twenty-nine-minute game round three, and then a thirty-four-minute game in round ten. And then apart from yeah, that, yeah, he's not going to a new club. It's not really answering his question exactly, but you know, I like what Mikey's doing. Now, that I didn't realise he was that price. I think I just scrolled past him because he was just a bit out of my memory. Is <clears throat> he was sort of someone that you'd started with um, when he was a cheapie a couple of years ago, and then you yep. haven't really used him since. But yeah, now that he's only four hundred and a few years on, probably better than like a Sally for that price for sure. The thing I think with Totola is. I think he's going to be a guy that plugs a hole for you and he's not going to be someone who makes a massive amount of money, like 440K. I think he gets up to maybe 480. If he scores a try, uh, I guess that's the thing with Totola. You know he can score a try, so maybe that's where you get your value from. But let's see, in 2022, where he averaged 50.9, he went on a massive run late in the season where he was playing... The same amount of minutes, but he scored 71, 102, 35, 99, 77, 54, 50, 57. And then, yeah, that was... I didn't realise he had those big scores in in those 99s and tons that you sort of said. That's that's nice. It is nice. Well, maybe he could be this year's um, AFB. Might not start the year off too, like, with a bang, but once he gets a few games under his belt, could be... Yeah, so he scored four. Tri- he scored four tries in the twenty twenty two season. Okay, and that coincided with their massive games. 
So he's a try scorer and maybe like if you're going someone, if you're thinking Totola. Sounds like someone's... So if you're going someone like Totola or like a um, like a plotter at 400k, maybe Totola's the guy because he's more of a chance to score a try. Yeah, if he could score like six or seven tries or even up to eight instead of four, then if he can grab a couple of those while you while you own him, yeah, that'll help the, the cash gen. I might see if I can slot him in. I'm just going to drop him in over Sally now as we talk. I love a live... Nah, I, 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 still, I still like Sele more. Uh, Evan Burnout on Facebook, thoughts on Toby Rudolph after saying he's off the beers. We did say this on Tuesday. I think at the price, all these other options we're talking about are just much better value. Do you agree? Not really. Um, Tatola's 430 um, and then Toby Rudolph's 480. I'd probably go I prefer to spend the extra 50K. Would you? I'd prefer Rudolph. Really? Only the, I know you said you've got those big scores in there, but I just think of him as more of a a 40, 50-point player anyway, and I think that Rudolph could be, you know, a 65-point player. Rudolph? Yeah. 65? Yeah. Hmm. Kevin Quinn, could you make a list of slow burners to stay clear of, please? And is is it worth running an NPR on the bench for looping? Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I reckon what I've learned from last year is to have as much players generating cash as possible um, and also just have as many players you can use to play. There's a buy every week and then the minor and major buys throughout the middle season. You don't really want that. I don't think. Yeah. You you have options to loop. You'll probably have one or two yeah, guys. Especially that... with the buys, I think having an NPR to loop isn't really necessary. But um, with someone like, uh, especially in the front row, I think it's just about nailing that position because I think we get desperate and we see these guys named round one, but we know there's a better guy that's coming along later, but we don't get him in round one. I think, like, think about... Think about Davy Mowali, Franklin Pele last year. Like we, uh, even me with Ben Murdoch Masilla last year. I'd I'd Pele and Murdoch Masilla in my side last year, and I knew both of them were probably not going to make great amounts of cash. But because they were named round one, it was a bit hard to pass off up on. So I think, yeah, and also just easy. Just go. I'll just do it. Plug it in. It makes you know makes the rest of my decisions easier. So if you can. Yeah, be a little bit more strict and not just, you know, settle for those guys. I think, yeah, there's going to be a lot of those sorts of points. I can't think of until, you know, TLT, I don't really know who's going to get named. Yeah. I, I, I do have a good feeling about this Sam Hughes. Uh, I, I, did, I did too, but he, if he's not na- named round one, he, is he someone confident you know would come into the side and do well? I think so. I think I could. I think if he didn't start round one, I could kind of not start with him and then just get him once it, you know, yeah. three or four weeks later. If, I maybe. Get, I guess in the depends. front row position, depends on what's named. He's a bit of an unknown, but because we know someone like I wouldn't, not to contradict me, I wouldn't want to then not get, like, get just the next 200 guy yeah. who's named that I don't have any information on who's probably might just have that position for one game because. You know, 
what you know the next best guy or whatever. It's just a little bit not ready to go. So I think in that case, I'd still go with Sam Hughes with all the talk. Well, let's go back to uh, Maverick Geyer, who we know is going to get game time this year. It's been public that uh, it could be his year, and we, it just it's kind of going to work out for him because the uh, the departure of Hosking. Hosking, Salmon, uh, Linu going, there, there's a spot for him to come. We know he's going to get a start, but most likely not round one. If he was a front row forward, I'm, I'm just saying him as, as an example, and there's not many other 200K cheapies locked in, or there's one that you're not sure about that's that's been named on the bench round one, but there's an injured forward that's still yet to come back. Um I think the tactic is not to rush in this guy who was named round one. You know Maverick guy who, if he was a front row, this is just an example. Mm. He's going to get He's coming at some point. He's coming at some point. You're probably better off getting him in than wasting a slot on a guy that you know could just last one or two weeks and be a pain for the rest of the season. And he could also be your... um not playing reserve for your loop as well for that other guy's question. But I also don't think, you know, starting with him is a great idea unless he starts first round, unless you kind of, there are no other options, you know, like you just sort of mentioned. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Jack Dignam live on YouTube. What do you think of Liam Knight? 330K jewel. Surely there's minutes in the pack. I've ha- actually had quite a few questions since the podcast, and I think that is a bad miss by me. But I think mm. Liam Knight's just especially the jewel. Yeah, he's just someone I've never really considered. Um, he played a lot of forty-minute games last year. Forty-two minutes for thirty-two points, zero point eight ppm. Uh, Forty-seven minutes for thirty-six points, zero point eight ppm. Mm. Yeah, it feels a little bit awkward, doesn't it? I just, like could- I just don't know if he has the type of game for Supercoach to make a great amount of money. Like the year yeah. before, uh, he, he only averaged 30, 31.6. In 2021, 36.4. In 2020, 45.5. Yeah, I, I can't see it. I don't feel like it's a... It's a good go at all. I just think looking at him and his best year of super coach only averaging forty five point five, that and that was his best year by far. Um there's not a lot of money to be made there, to be honest. Yeah. Uh we've got a question on YouTube. I posted a thing on YouTube and the YouTube followers have asked, Do you think AFB is a no brainer seeing is it he's leaving the year after? <laughs> I wouldn't um, say no. I don't brainer. think to start with. No. Yeah, I, I don't think he's someone I want to start with. Uh, I just think he's, a, he's, he's priced it pretty pretty well up there, and I think you need him to be scoring every couple of games. Or well, not every couple, but every sort of four or three or four, if you've got him for that period, to sort of be really worth that price. The minutes aren't always there for him as well, sort of lower minutes. So you do need him to get those. Attacking stats, I think he's probably better around the buy period. Yeah, I agree. I, I just want to see a couple of games out of him first and make sure his minutes are good and then, yeah, continue on with that. Um, 
Jordan Brighton, who are some good options for front row bench? I have Haas Flegler starting with about 490k for two bench spots. So luckily we've talked about this. Um, any of these options, Totola, Sele, there's Palacia. I, I think I like Palacia. Like I wouldn't be – I like Palacia as a backup, but Titans actually have buy him round two. So maybe he's someone you can use to downgrade, uh, especially – that uh, everyone's going to be rushing to get people in by round three and then come round four, that's when Palacia's price rise happens. So you just maybe wait on Palacia. Uh, but, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there was a couple there that I've swapped out. I think there was um, Sele. I've tra- traded him in for someone. Now it's turned into Tatola. So there's a few there. I think I want to have a chat to Mikey about Tatola and what he, you know, he's feeling. He always finds a, a good little midi, and I think this might be one that he's picked up. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one. He does. Hopefully he's on next week for the second row forward podcast. Yeah, good to have it. Get him to have a little chat about Tatola while you're there if you Thought, can for it. Thoughts on Palacia. Yep, we've spoken about Palacia to death. Um, shout yeah. out shout out to the Sports Shed TV guys. The charity match tickets are on sale. Link in bio. We did our first training session on Tuesday. And did you see the video of Malachi folding our captain? No, I saw a still shot Ooh. of it. Oh, yeah, no, they, yeah. they uploaded the video today. And uh, we... We had Malachi Wittini Zelezniak come to our training and he absolutely folded our captain. It was so funny. It was so funny. Mm, so he's surprisingly a very big guy, isn't he, compared to all you? Uh, yes, he is. Um, mm. But shout out to Malachi for coming. Uh, there's something else I need to say. Oh, yes. So we started the Supercoach season with 1,190 YouTube subscribers, we're currently at 1,338, so we're growing. We've had about 140 in the time that we've started back at Supercoach, so if you're watching or listening on our feed, uh, please give us a follow, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel because it really helps us out and the numbers growing is helping a lot and vice versa with the audio channels. If you watch on YouTube and you also listen on the audio channels but you're not subscribed, do that for us too. That'd be great. So back to another YouTube question. Dylan Napa, surely Big Papi is your big one second year back from Australia. I didn't even know he was playing in rugby league this year, to be honest. Well, I didn't. He only got, I thought it was like a one game sort of thing. Yeah, I, don't, I, I honestly don't think he's – would he even be in super coach? Oh, does it, did it say Dylan Napa? When he said Big Papi, does he mean Little Papi? Like as in Pappenhausen. No, so I didn't read – He said Dylan he did say Napa. Napa. Let's see. If he, let's see if Napa is even in Supercoach. He's not even in Supercoach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So know. that that pretty, that pretty much answers your question. On there. That was the last question. I think we'll wrap it up online. It's not good. Lucky we're back next Tuesday. A damn podcast studio. And guess what, Timmy? Guess what else is back? What's that? On the burst. Oh, on the burst. On the burst. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll go through the second row forward podcast burst. and maybe next week, maybe it's going to be a two-parter for the second rows because that's massive, that one, isn't it? If we're going to go into as, as much depth as we did in the front row, then the second row forwards is going to be a bit of a – it's going to be a slog. So we're going to have to try and get there nice and, nice and early and make sure Billy Darcy isn't scheduling after us. But nonetheless – 
cheers for coming on and answering some questions for us. No workers. Have a good night. Sure. Poise.